Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I am also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that today on our show is Mike Kritzman. Mike and I collaborate, so this is having a a friend join us. Uh, Mike is the founder and CEO of SkillNet Software an innovative human capital technology platform to personalize learning to fill skill gaps and help um, managers coach. Mike is an accomplished software entrepreneur. Prior to SkillNet, he founded the venture-funded Compliance 11, which was acquired by Charles Schwab. Before that, he held management positions at Oracle, Ernst & Young, and other high-growth technology firms. He's a thought leader on talent development and fixing skill gaps. Mike saw how companies struggle to manage and develop their people and founded SkillNet to leverage technology to make it easier for managers. So the outcome of this show, current research is showing that upskilling, reskilling, and retention are new mandates for companies to retain talent, but it's easier said than done. Trying to use old methods of notebooks and Excel won't scale or energize users so that a new approach to personalized training is needed for leaders to retain Level, uh, retain the level of talent re- required. And Mike and I, I use SkillNet in all of our leadership programs right now to help evaluate pre and post and several other areas. And we'll talk about that during the interview. So Mike, welcome. I'm delighted that you are joining us. Thanks, Maureen. I'm glad to be here. So before we jump into the interview questions, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, including why you founded SkillNet? Sure. So I am uh, proud to be contributing to the difficult challenge of modern leadership, where the fast pace of uh, business and keeping track of each individual's goals and aspirations is just increasingly difficult. We uh, we thought uh, we could replace notebooks and uh, and and the chores people do with their memories, trying to keep track of who's uh, who's got what gaps and what they're doing. Um, so we we founded this company and we're we're doing pretty well. So let's jump into. How that how what SkillNet is doing connects to retention, and then talk about the importance of retention. How does using the SkillNet platform impact companies' ability to attract and retain top talent? 
Um, I'd like to actually just uh, talk about some numbers that I heard recently uh, related to the cost of retention, and then I'll, I'll jump into how SkillNet, uh, SkillNet handles it. A recent Gallup report suggested that turnover in U.S. business, Marine, is a $1 trillion problem. So it's not a surprise that companies are increasingly focused on employee retention. Uh, I was at a conference today, actually, where one of the speakers uh, uh, based in San Francisco was talking about the average tenure for a person working in San Francisco is only 18 months. And with uh, ramp up and onboarding taking almost 12 months, they're only getting really six months of productivity before someone leaves. Um, and that's not to mention the effort to uh, search and replace and hire someone new. But we think this kind of turnover is an avoidable nightmare. Um, the, uh, the antidote in our, in, in our approach is a uh, focus on career development. And, uh, and that's really where SkillNet is, is a most valuable tool that uh, provides managers a, a way to keep track of an individual's uh, skills, skill gaps, and help them do better in the areas uh, of their current job and prepare for their next job. So if you can, talk a little bit more about how skill development plays a role in the problem of turnover. Well, the, um, the, the, fundamental, the, the fundamental problem that many uh, people face in their jobs is there's uh, some parts that they're great at, they uh, were good at maybe before they got there, they've mastered, but there's other parts of their job where uh, they struggle. And uh, all too frequently, that struggle is, is the undiscussed problem that uh, never gets resolved. And so what we're, uh, what, what we're doing with our technology is providing a vehicle to uh, have individuals rate themselves in the attributes of their job, including the parts where they're struggling, so that managers can have uh, discussions and suggestions and be more of a coach uh, for that individual to help them overcome the areas where they're struggling and help that person to master their job, which is generally the requirement for getting promoted. And career mobility is, uh, is certainly the big driver for most people in the workforce. So helping them master their current job and get ready for the next job is, is really the tip of the spear. Yeah, this seems like a lot of what I talk about is the rate of change. And I was talking to a client today who's later in his career and is making some significant changes and and in this case, really excited about them. And the idea of reskilling or upskilling and providing resources so that people can make that transition, the ongoing transition, right? That that this isn't like a one-time thing, I'm ready for my job, and then I can settle in. It's just about as I think I'm good at what I'm doing, something else changes. So I am now continually using a tool like SkillNet to look at what what I need to learn next and getting bite-sized chunks to update myself. Yeah, that's perfect, Maureen. There's that old saying that people quit working for their manager, not the company. I believe that's true, but it's increasingly difficult for managers uh, to keep track of each individual and 
where they're struggling. So, uh, you know, a tool is really quite handy, and especially one where the staff can provide updates and all the work of keeping track of this stuff is not on, on the back of the managers who, you know, have uh, other responsibilities besides uh, inspiring their staff, usually um, operational uh, elements to their jobs. So, you know, having a tool that brings this stuff to the surface is is, uh, is is really a valuable asset to modern leaders. You know, and why we found it on that. So I assume in a world where people like me appreciate self-serve, I do it at Lowe's, I do it at the grocery store, anytime I can interact with a machine that is efficient, I do. That sounds terrible the way I said that, but often it's just easier to get out of the grocery store or out of the Lowe's or whatever uh, and on with my day. So for employees who also have an attitude of I own my career development and my boss is busy, as you've said, and we're all trying to deliver results, that I, if I want to invest extra time I can go on to SkillNet and tool around and look for different areas where I want to develop. So say I'm a software developer, I can go in and look at different kinds of software development or leader development. I can go in and take an assessment and learn about areas to fill my gaps, even without my boss or manager intervening at all. Is that correct? Yeah, certainly, and I, I think there's a distinction when we go to we go to college and take courses um, to uh, what's learning is required uh, at work. Um, the uh, you know the, the this term micro learning has become very popular now, representing sort of these bite sized nuggets of knowledge uh, that are skinny down into frequently videos or how do you do a certain thing. Um, because uh, people don't really have time uh, during the course of, of their work week uh, you know, to go through an entire course. They just need to know how to do something. And so SkillNet's uh, approach is to map skills and learning assets with these bite-sized uh, modules so that uh, users can come in. Maybe if they're just waiting for uh, someone to show up at a meeting, come in and, and uh, sharpen their skill in a certain area and then uh, get back to work. You know, I one of the things, there was recently a Harvard Business Review article about developing leadership, and since that's my focus, I um, found that very interesting. And one of the things they talked about is exactly what you're saying, that I get the training exactly at the time I need it. And I find I use that in a lot of areas. I use it in different software tools where I'll go in and if there's something that I do once a quarter or once a year, I'm often going to the help menu, pulling up the little video and figuring it out because it's quicker to do that than it is to ask somebody in many cases. Yeah, precisely. In fact, one of our best practices is to take short videos of your own staff, of people in the workforce at your company, and make them uh, role models or examples on how to overcome objections or do a better job in customer service, whatever the skill might be, and uh, and make them a hero 
give them something to brag about to their family and uh, and then use use those little nuggets as ways to instruct others in the organization so they get recognized for their capabilities and help rise the, rise the, the other boats. So we've got a few more minutes in this segment. We're, we were talking about the importance of retention. Is there anything else you want our listeners to be aware of with regard to the impact of retention on business success, on turnover? No, I think uh, I, I think it's 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 fairly well known, uh, Maureen. Uh, the the cost of turnover can be. Uh, double the cost of an individual salary by the time, you know, the, the search kicks in, if there's uh, payments to retain talent, uh, you know, to search firms and the training and onboarding time, not to mention the disruption that happens within the workplace uh, to other team members and the bad vibe that that can create, you know, have, inspiring people to question their own loyalty or desire for change. Um, it's uh, it's it's a, a significant problem. I don't know if the the Gallup report at a trillion dollars in in the U.S. is true, but it certainly is a major cost and disruption that I think every firm wants to avoid if they can. Well, and there's a Corn Ferry report. I, I can't cite it exactly, but it talks about the labor shortage we're currently facing and expected to face over the next five years, and it, it appears to get progressively worse each year. So turnover now it, it often translates into lost lost revenue and lost ability to serve clients. It's not as if I can just go out now and find replacements. That process has become longer and, and to your point, more expensive. Yeah, and uh, the you know the skills required in in white collar jobs now are often uh, pretty advanced, and you can't just plug in a replacement. So here's a question for you, and I realize this is probably longer than this segment, so we'll we'll truncate it and come back to it as we look at the impact of artificial intelligence on the work that many of us are doing. It looks like the routine tasks will be going away and they'll be performed by bots or robotic process automation or whatever, however that evolves. And so each of us will have parts of our job that go away and other parts that change. I'm assuming a tool like SkillNet is invaluable for a company to augment the work we would be doing with automation to ensure that our team is, one, upskilled to work with the robots that that they will be interacting with and also upskilled to attend to the work changes. Yeah, it is. A, it's an interesting segue. Uh, today, I attended a session uh, led by one of the leaders in knowledge management for General Electric, and they were talking about uh, you know how uh, GE is is harnessing and sort of the group genius of their engineers, and it was uh, an inspired uh, story that uh, showed how uh, collaboration and knowledge sharing is making an impact on on their bottom line. And I think this uh, knowledge management is sort of back in style where companies are searching for ways that they can advance uh, the knowledge uh, within their, their organization from the few and, and spread it out to the many. 
we're uh, we're proud to be a part of that uh, that movement. So, in the last minute in this segment, can you give our listeners an example of how you do that? How, how Skillnet does that? Well, I think the example I shared earlier is is uh, potentially worth repeating. If there was an individual who was uh, in sales, as an example, and very good at uh, at overcoming objections, maybe it's a price objection. Capturing a video of uh, that individual, you know, five minute, two minute, you know, some short video saying, "How did you do it?" and uh, and then capturing that so others can can learn from that individual without, you know, tapping them to repeat themselves over and over. Um, it's uh, it's a proven method, and as I said, it's uh, it's not only good for the people who are learning from that person, but it, that recognition goes a long way and building the loyalty uh, with with the high achiever that you want others to model from. Thank you for repeating that. Uh, So just to recap then, if I'm running a team and I have, everyone's good at something. So we would say on a weekly basis in our team meeting, select a person to highlight something that that they're excelling in, load it into the SkillNet platform, tag it, for a certain skill and others as they are ready to learn that skill would go in and watch that video. Is that how it works? Yep. And it's nice to be doing this interview with you, Maureen, because you know how the system works. That's exactly right. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to go on break. You're listening to Mike Kritzman talking about SkillNet, Maureen Metcalf on innovating leadership. We'll be right back. And as you are on break, It would be interesting to reflect on that idea of taking small videos. What would you video or uh, record from your team members and how would you use that information to upskill everyone? We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Innovative Leadership. 
co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership. This is Maureen Metcalf and Mike Kritzman, and we're talking about SkillNet, the personal learning portal. During our first segment, we talked about the importance of retention. In this segment, we're really going to talk about skill development and how it connects to retention. So let's start with the challenges of providing personalized learning. Mike, what is personalized learning? Well, I like to think of the concept of uh, one size fits none. So learning personalization is, uh, is, is an act of identifying uh, individual gaps. So, uh, Maureen, you and I are both leaders. Uh, I'm sure if we did an assessment, there would be parts of our job that are very similar, but you might be better in some parts and I'm better in, in other parts. That's really what I'm talking about is uh, helping me in the areas where I'm not as good, helping you in the areas where you're not as good. No pe- two people have, have sort of the same exact profile because they came from different places. So uh, personalization is, is, uh, is just like it sounds. Uh, a good example might be you know, when we uh, use Spotify or iTunes uh, for listening to music, we make playlists based on our tastes. What we're trying to do with learning is, is a similar thing is, is let's identify the playlist for each person that is, uh, is going to have the most impact in improving them in the areas where, uh, where they're not as strong as they'd like to be. So I want to give some examples of what we're doing collaboratively because I'm hoping to illustrate. So we have an innovative leadership competency model, seven competencies. So those who have been listening to the show from early on, this is one of the foundations of the work that I've been doing. And so part of our collaboration with Mike and with SkillNet is to take those seven competencies and the subcategories load them into the assessment and have participants self-assess, boss-assess, peer-assess, so a basic 360, and also identify target. So not only do I know how other people think about me, but I get a good sense of what's the gap I need to, to fill, and then I can go through the the resources that are preloaded and linked to the areas the areas associated with the gaps I'm trying to fill and it the system will actually help map out some of the activities so if I realize that my resilience is low I don't have to then go research how do I fix resilience the skillnet portal will load a series of interviews and and other tools. It could be TED Talks. It could be something that one of my colleagues has loaded, as well as the, the preloaded information. And I'm served up a development plan that is easy for me to, again, chunk through with micro learning as well as more extensive learning modules. So, so that's one of the ways we're using it. And Mike, I think you're building this out with several other areas. I think one is sales, and I think you have a few others that are comprehensive programs for folks who are focused on specific 
areas of, of delivery. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, so uh, thank you, Maureen. That's a good explanation. This notion of what's it mean to be good is sort of at the heart of it. And what it means to be good in uh, different uh, career paths uh, varies widely. And, uh, you know, we're a tech firm. We're not experts at all of the uh, different attributes or best practices for every job. So we we partner with uh, with professionals like yourself. You're a partner for leadership, and we've got uh, almost a dozen other business partners now that provide training and best practices in their uh, subject area. And so we build out these capability models, really fancy word for what's it mean to be good in that role. And then uh, each person does their assessment. If you feel they may do assessments by their manager. I generally feel like uh, that's sort of the, the minimum table stakes is to get uh, a self-assessment and a manager assessment and then talk about where uh, where someone needs to improve candidly, and and then the system will automatically create this personalized development plan based on the gaps or the aspirations that each person has, pointing them at uh, at resources that might be available uh, preloaded. If there wasn't resources preloaded, it will uh, create a placeholder where the individual would at least have sort of that headline to get better at that area, and then they would enter Google or whatever other resources they might have available to go uh, find ways that they can improve for that for that particular topic. Thank you. That's really helpful, especially the idea that, again, I'm identifying my gaps based on what my boss thinks or what my peers think, whoever I identify as helpful on that topic. The other thing that I find really valuable is that I can do kind of a pulse survey pretty often. So this isn't like doing a formal 360 that I do once every two years and often fairly expensive. This is preloaded in the SkillNet platform and I subscribe, I think is the proper term, to a certain set of maybe tools. And then I can continue to, to seek input from whomever I wish, is that correct, at whatever frequency I want? Yeah, we generally recommend a monthly check-in where, uh, you know, the individual is, is able to go and access their profile through their phone or through their laptop or our iPad and, uh, and uh, work down on their uh, professional development plan to knock things, you know, from what they're working on and complete them when they do. Hopefully, the things they learned help them feel more confident and capable in the areas. Um, and uh, so they might mark themselves at a, at a higher number. And it's, a, it's generally a one through five scale where five is mastery. So maybe they feel like they've moved from a two to a three. Uh, and their manager may not have observed that yet, but the individual feels ready. So it'll just draw the focus into that area, like, watch me work. I'm better at this now. And uh, the more, you know, I think monthly is a good cadence for that. Certainly not uh, like like uh, the process for annual reviews where it's done once a year to inform compensation. We're really aiming at, uh, at the skills and capabilities of that person in doing their job. Uh, one of my favorite old sayings is what a sports coach would wait until the end of the season to tell their players to adjust. Of course, none of them would, but for some reason in 
in business, that has gotten to be the pattern, and we're we're out to disrupt that and make it more frequent coaching so that people can perform better as soon as they can, as soon as they can figure out how to get better at the skills. You know, the other feature I really like about it from a coaching perspective, and it would be similar if I were managing people, it is when I am working with a client and they take on a series of assignments, they can upload the assignments to the portal. And before my coaching meeting, I'm able to go read everything they're working on, see see what they've completed, see what they have remaining to complete. And it just gives me a one-stop place to see how they're doing. And they can also record journals or, or other documentation of what's going on, including our coaching conversations. So again, it gives me a place to refresh and maintain all of the information in a single spot so that I'm equipped, especially for those of us who are either supervising or coaching a large volume of people. It's just hard to keep them all straight in my head. And it's not a comment about care. It's a comment about me having too many irons in the fire or however you say that and there are things I'm just not going to know unless someone tells me but if it's uploaded to the portal and I can see that they've watched a video or a TED talk or done something else that gives me more information to be prepared for the conversation and may spark me to recommend things I wouldn't have otherwise and typically we just don't don't have a process to gather that volume of information. Yeah, that's a great comment. And I think it's also just sort of the human nature to want to keep conversations positive and, uh, you know, and, and in, a, um, in, a, in a flow where um, talking about where someone's struggling or not doing well is, uh, is awkward and difficult. The technology sort of brings it to the surface and I think most importantly, if someone feels like they're doing better in an area, they can ask their manager to now sort of observe, uh, watch some work, look, they're better at it now. And, um, you know, and to help people advance in the areas where uh, before they weren't doing so well. In that way, fulfilling all the, all, all the ingredients for their job and, uh, and preparing for, uh, for moving up. This career mobility thing, preparing for career mobility and, and taking action on on skill mastery are, are really foundational aspects of, of what we're trying to accomplish. I love the term skill mastery. So it's not that I'm fixing something I'm broken at, that I'm really building to the next level of performance. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Many times I, I, I will uh, coach our customers to, uh, you know, to use kind of a strength finders approach that, uh, you know, if, if someone's struggling in certain areas, maybe uh, the, the better use of that person's uh, capabilities is, is to focus on the areas that they're good. So a uh, skill net can be aimed at, uh, at fixing gaps or also, uh, as, as we're talking now, helping someone go from good to great or great to master. And um, I think that's, uh, that's as valuable and sometimes uh, overlooked. You know, I, w- I want to bring up another question, thought, concern. I don't, I don't know what bucket to put it in, but I just read something about an organization who was treating their their people, their precious resources, like machines. 
and the idea that we're, we are leveraging technology so that our human leaders are better at leading is really important, that we're not replacing the boss with a technology, but we're augmenting the boss or leader, whatever terminology, that we're augmenting that person with technology so that the interactions we have can be more targeted and more effective. Yeah, certainly. I think we're uh, we're we're not trying to replace anybody. We're just trying to get those some power tools to to do the difficult job of uh, of managing multiple complex people. And uh, I think the higher up in your organization you go, the more challenging it is to keep track of everybody. It's hard enough to remember people's names, much less uh, you know how are they doing on on different parts of their job. Uh, so one one coin I think is is helping managers to see what is happening. The other side uh, I just want to mention is the uh, importance uh, for that worker who's been applying themselves to develop or uh, or build up capabilities that they didn't have or get better at things that they're already good at. That that gets recognized. That, that, that there's a place uh, for that. That is uh, you know part of the, the the natural course of the conversation and doesn't come across like you know, they're bragging or, or trying to, uh, you know, just draw focus on, on something. This, uh, the, the technology brings that whole portfolio of skills right to the surface. So it's part of that natural discussion. You know, as you say that, something comes to mind, and I like the idea of not bragging, but being recognized. So some of the clients I work with uh, consult to other organizations, or they run outsource programs, and they need to know where their where their team has mastered skills so that they can build that into the, the proposals, and they need to also track certifications. So back to the idea of mastery and getting recognized for your skills, whether it's an engineering firm or a national lab or a consulting firm of any sort, it, it seems critical that when I have work to assign that I know who on my team has mastered the the skills required to get it done well. Yeah, well, great point. And you're sort of jumping from individual development to, uh, you know, to organizational capability. And, uh, you know, I think organizations are the collection of their individuals. And, uh, and that is uh, one, of, one of the important uh, capabilities we provide is uh, looking at uh, the aggregate. So how many people do we have to do certain kinds of tasks might impact the cost of a proposal they're putting together or even, uh, you know, potentially uh, help them see that they're not well positioned uh, to do certain kinds of work. Um, and need, need to do more training and development to get uh, to get prepared to do to do that because they don't have the skills they need. But yeah, looking at individuals and uh, and team capabilities are standard functions within the system. You know, the flip side of that and the positive is if I have a, a deep pool of specific resources that I didn't realize I had or specific skills, I may be able to target projects or target different work within my organization to deliver value to my clients, whether I'm a consulting firm or a manufacturing company. If I have deep skills that I was unaware of, I may be able to find uses for them. And that could be a real differentiator. 
Yeah, good point. I wanted to just mention briefly this idea of certification. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that are uh, providing external certs. Uh, in the uh, computer industry, there's uh, dozens of certifications available in different languages and tools. In engineering, there's many certifications, even for real estate appraisers. And so uh, keeping track of external certs is one of the areas that, uh, that, that we provide value. Oftentimes, companies don't have a place for that to live. They don't have a, a reporting engine that keep track of who has what certs and when they might expire. So that's, that's, that's one point. And, and certifications is sort of a, it's a capstone. You know, you've mastered things well enough that you are now certified uh, to work in that area. Companies can also create internal certifications. So you are GE certified as, uh, as an engineer in a certain area. Um, using uh, our technology, we can create these internal certs and manage the external certs so that you can identify uh, quickly and easily who are your best players in certain areas. That's a great point because some of them do especially expire or we need continuing professional education credits and being able to track that would be really important. Yeah, sometimes you forget the thing's going to expire and you have two weeks uh, to go before it runs out and you've got four weeks of professional development to get done. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to make that work. So keeping a focus on, on uh, and balancing the, the effort to keep things current is, is one of the, the value props we, we offer. Mike, thank you. We're going to go to break now. For our listeners, it would be interesting to reflect on how do you track mastery of skills? Do you have a way to to manage kind of the inventory of skills that your team has and find opportunities for them to work in an area where they are most gifted? We'll be right back. Maureen Metcalf. Mike Kritzman and talking about SkillNet and personal learning. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You are joining Maureen Metcalf and Mike Kritzman, and we're talking about SkillNet, the software that helps personalize learning. We want to move into now the segment of best practices and talk about really how to put this into action. So, so the ideas are nice, but less helpful if we can't do something differently tomorrow. So, Mike, what are some of the best practices leaders can put into place to show they are vested in their people? Well, it's an interesting question, and uh, I think that you uh, you can get a lot done uh, by just asking uh, questions about uh, what are people's aspirations, what's their goals. Um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to mention there was a uh, some research I was doing recently on the uh, the industries that have the highest turnover, and as it turned out, I'm a software company. Software companies have the highest turnover. I somehow have, have bucked that trend, and we have a very stable workforce. But uh, software companies have a huge turnover problem. And um, in LinkedIn, a software company actually did a, an internal uh, an, an, an internal study by inspiring managers to have career-oriented conversations with their staff, they were able to move from almost a 15% turnover to uh, drop 10%, so they're down to 5%, so huge reduction in the turnover problem. By the simple act of talking, managers talking about what's that person's uh, ambition and their goals and keeping track of it. So uh, I think, you know, in, in terms of best practices, you don't even need our technology. It, it, we, we would uh, help go from sort of this general discussion to very specific discussions and help people, uh, you know, in, in their development paths. But, uh, you know, you can go a long way by just uh, leaning in on what, what's that person's uh, plan and, uh, and, uh, and, and demonstrating interest and in helping them get there. You know, one of the uh, approaches that I've used looks at organizational vibrancy, and we have several interviews in in the backlog on that, and they focus on creating an environment where people believe that people know them, so my team members know me, they respect me, they understand my goals and aspirations, and they look for ways for me to succeed. And so if we would look for evidence that that's true, I would be able to walk around a team and say, I know that Mike cares about his children. I know that he cares about scaling his company. I know he cares about delivering a product that provides this kind of value to his clients and I know that he's highly ethical so if I wanted evidence of that then as an organization I would want to understand and have an inventory of your goals and look at how those match the organization's goals and look for opportunities 
to match what you care about with what you get to do, both on a regular basis playing to your strengths and also having opportunities for you to continue to grow and develop. So again, it seems like SkillNet provides the technology that matches the mindset of a vibrant organization because mindset, while it's incredibly useful, is insufficient when not matched with tools. Yeah, well, it just reminds me of the the knowing and doing gap. And I think all managers know they should be doing this stuff, and they mean well, but the flurry of of our daily lives and the balance uh, that we try to keep sometimes makes it difficult to remember. One of the favorite parts of, of our system is the ability to look up somebody on your team, pull up their profile, and look at a dashboard where you can see how are they doing on their skills? Where they are in their goals? What are they working on in their personalized development? Uh, and uh, are they uh, aiming at uh, earning certification? And just bringing all this up to the surface like a little cheat sheet on each person so the manager can have that leaned-in personal conversation with, with that individual that's been updated by the individual so uh, they, they can uh, provide recognition and and um, you know, and praise uh, you know for uh, for the efforts that people are putting in, and I I just feel like that is uh, the, the best ideas that uh, we've been able to put into the technology is this uh, this dashboard to have these these frequent and uh, and meaningful specific uh, conversations with with staff. You know, some of the Gallup research talks about the the managers that employees rate as worse are the ones who are just disengaged. So even bad and ineffective gets a better score than someone who's just not present and not engaging in the feedback. So again, that a manager has a tool to be able to go in and look at goals and to have that conversation once a month prepared seems really helpful. Yeah, well, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, this uh, shift, the transformation of, uh, of a manager, uh, you know, telling people what to do uh, of the old days to sort of the new manager's coach um, is, is really one of the outcomes, uh, being able to identify what people are working on and then provide advice or suggestions on how they can maybe knock down obstacles or accomplish their goals better. Uh, so, uh, right at the surface of the, of, of the system. And we're potentially working with a, one of the larger global businesses, and they want training on how to help managers move from old-school management toward coaching. So, so I still have, there are still places where I manage. I set goals. I give feedback. And then there's the other part of my work as a manager or a leader where I'm helping my team develop. And again, I'm using SkillNet with our coaching clients. It seems like a really useful tool to help managers who want to move into that more coaching-oriented relationship to have tools to make that possible. Because I do different things as a coach than I do as a boss. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think the, um, 
you know, the, this, this sort of frequent conversations is, uh, is a big event that is, uh, is tedious uh, when there's not uh, something to lean on. And part of the reason why uh, the discussions are frequently focused on, you know, the transactions of work, you know, if it's, a, if it's a sales rep talking about how they're working on their deals or the deals of this quarter instead of their struggle to get new prospects or to network or some of those other fundamental things that would actually have big time if the manager could remember, keep track of it, or the individual is comfortable bringing it up. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's important to talk frequently and specifically, and we're helping do that. You know, having done 360s for probably 20 years now, one of the things that strikes me in using those kinds of tools is often people have not gotten the honest feedback that could torpedo their career. So when they get the 360, it's a big event and they're hearing things potentially for the first time. And for some people, what they hear is tough, Right, even if it's one or two people in the organization that think someone is arrogant or withdrawn or exceedingly critical, whatever the feedback is, if one were to have a tool to get ongoing feedback early, I can think of some people who would pro- whose careers would have gone a different direction because it's absent the feedback that they don't correct. Now, there may be people who don't correct because they don't correct, but often people aren't hearing the feedback and then they're exiting a company or they're not getting the promotion they thought they should and they're having to do significant recovery work rather than just proceeding as if it's a, a bump in the road, not a mountain to overcome. Yeah, well, you brought up a good point that I want to touch on, which is, you know, this segment uh, talking about best practices. I'd say one, one of the most uh, sort of critical uh, best practices in using our technology or even doing it on the spreadsheet or, or just trying to keep track of things with other methods would be, uh, to, you know, to, to uh, reflect on uh, role-specific best practice for that person's job. What does it mean to be good at that job? And we frequently talk to customers that uh, will produce a job description. When they look at it, they're like, oh, that's a current. It's a few years old. And I think one of the you know, things you were talking about earlier, people get surprised by feedback. One of the things we hear from frequently is, is, is people didn't even know there were parts of their job they were responsible for. And so, uh, you know, making uh, that inventory of what's good mean, being transparent with it so individuals know what's expected is uh, it's, it's some, some work that uh, re- requires some, you know, some creative and, uh, and detailed thinking, but uh, really pays off in, in, uh, in the short end long run. It seems like a really important call out that, that on occasion people do not know what good looks like. Yeah, Exactly. So helping to identify what good looks like for each role um, is, uh, you know, we we strongly encourage taking the time and energy to go back back and forth and collect data, share that with staff, pull it together, reach some consensus, 
Not that uh, it has to go cycle around for months, but at least go back and forth a little bit to say, here's what we're thinking, what do you think, get that into the system. And then uh, when, uh, when, when it's time to do the ratings and the development, everyone's sort of aligned. And, uh, and I think that is uh, super important in, in getting this stuff right. So for people who haven't used the system, what that means then is I would come up with a list of activities and I would rate them whatever scale I want, one to five, one to seven. So here are the things you should be doing. And you rate yourself, your boss rates you, you may have other raters. And again, you can see the gap between where you are expected to perform and where you're performing now. And as jobs evolve, which is happening more and more quickly, it's easy to update the skill net system to reflect the changes in the role that could happen on an ongoing basis. Yes? Yeah, of course. And, you know, we're not a a name brand company at this point. We aspire to get bigger and more well-known. But uh, here's some super smart people are using spreadsheets for this stuff. And creating that inventory of 30 to 50 attributes, Mm -hmm. uh, we would call them uh, knowledge, skills, or abilities, KSAs, uh, for a given role, uh, where there's five to seven categories of five to seven skills, knowledge, or abilities uh, for each of the categories. That inventory list is sort of priceless. And many of the sort of great companies that we've been able to uh, you know, to win as customers, we're uh, doing the stuff on, sh- on spreadsheets before. So you don't have to start with our technology. You can start with just the, uh, the inventory of things and then, and then uh, asking people to rate themselves, and that'll, that'll go a long way. Our sort of secret sauce or special power or superpower is, is the ability to turn that list and automate uh, a personalized development plan. Excel is never going to be able to do that. But uh, you can go a long way in, uh, in making progress uh, by just putting the time and energy into thinking it out, sharing it with your people, and, uh, and collecting that data. So I'm going to wrap up and then um, want to make sure that people are able to find you. So leaders are faced daily with the challenge of keeping a talented workforce. Those leaders who don't invest in their workers will be faced with continual turnover of staff and all of the negative implications of that. To retain and improve a workforce, leaders need to be investing in each person. And you said just giving feedback makes a huge difference. It can be a daunting task and the right tools, systems, and processes make it much easier. So can you give us just your contact information and then I'm going to close us out. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having us. Uh, pleasure talking to you as always, Maureen. Uh, we'd welcome uh, any visitors. Our company is uh, skillnet.net. Skillnet.net on the internet and there's a contact us form. Uh, there's a little comment section and if you mentioned uh, your uh, listening on the, on the show, we'd, uh, we'd be thrilled to hear from you. Thank you. So to our listeners, thank you for joining us. We look forward to your feedback, either info at innovateleader.com, Facebook Innovating Leadership, or LinkedIn. If you message me and send me a connection request, I will be happy to connect. Thank you so much for joining us today and focusing on the importance of personal learning as it relates to retention. Again, skillnet.net. 
We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.